Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, and this is episode... Oh, God, I wrote it down. Ten. We are on episode ten. This is... Episode ten. The double digits. Double digits. You know what's funny? I was going to say, every time time I get to, like, the number ten in something, whether it's, like, level ten or, like, stage ten, I always remember when I was a kid and when I turned ten years old. And like everyone at school, all the teachers are like, oh, congratulations, double digits. Ooh, double digits. I'm like, yeah, double. And I had no idea what double digits meant. Like I had no idea what double digits meant. That like I made it, I guess, to the next level of getting closer to death. And so I, I went home and I'm like, oh, mom, everyone was saying I made it to double digits. What does that mean? And my mom explained it to me. And I'm like, oh, is that special? And she goes, no. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson number one, don't. Don't try. Don't try ever, because it's not going to work. Uh, number 10. I'm excited. I didn't... Um, I mean, I knew we'd make it this far. But, I, knew uh, we'd, I knew we'd make it this far, but I didn't think we would make it this far with so many awesome people listening to the show, because that's something that you and I talk about offline yeah. and online all the time. And every single day, I'm hearing more and more from people, hey, man, heard your show, love it. Hey, man, heard your show, really cool, love what you guys are doing. And it, like, when I respond to people, Michael, I don't know if you read the comments when I respond on Instagram, but, like, every time I respond to someone, I'm like, oh, that's really awesome. We really didn't think anyone was going listen to yeah. <laughs> listen to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so, so sure no one was going to listen to us. Like, they'd listen to us for five minutes. They'd be like, oh, these guys are assholes. And they would just, like, immediately, like, click off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no, episode 10, super, super cool. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I want to get in the habit. I think I said this before when we were talking with Air, uh, with Ari, Terry, but I want to get in the habit of doing audio wrist checks. So, so you go first. <laughs> so I am wearing the Collinsville watch Nautilus, and uh, it's a watch that we're going to talk about some today. Uh, it's a, just a really good, nice, uh, dressy quartz watch with some really cool... Um, kind of like unique design elements for a, a dress watch and right. um yeah i've been enjoying it how about you i'm 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 wearing the same thing i'm wearing the collinsville nautilus as well but mine's a blue dial and i think we're gonna talk about this later because it's gonna be a part of the segment of the show but i think the watch is just kind of to tease the users or tease the listeners the watch is specifically cool because it has all these unique features in a price range of like I think between 100 and 140 bucks. Yeah, I think it's just about at 140. That's so cool, man. And yeah. the thing is, uh, Frank, the proprietor of Collinsville, he's always doing sales and discounts, and so I mean, you know, it's it's it'd be pretty rare for you to find it at full price. And in addition to that, he always does really small runs. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm wearing the blue dial. You're wearing the white dial. Uh, we're gonna talk about Collinsville in a little bit, but first, what I wanted to do is just do a couple shout-outs. Uh, I want to get in the habit also of doing shout outs to people because, um, like I said, the people who choose to listen to us, like they, I don't know if this is going to sound corny, but they feel like 
they feel like the watch friends, Michael, that I think you and I have always wanted to have. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, saying? You know there's some. This is. It's on topic, but do you know there are some podcasts that, mm-hmm. um, they kind of do shout-outs if you okay. pledge money. Wait, what? Uh, Ew. Yeah, yeah. So we're not so, we're not ever gonna do that. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. It's because really weird. we we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for people listening. So hold on, this is fucked up. So people, so if I listen to a show and I donate. 10 bucks then they'll give me a shout out but if prior to donating if i had been engaging with them and talking with them and going back and forth with them for months they would never mention me on the show yeah some podcasts yeah <laughs> that's, that's so fucked up man yeah. people are awful my dad was right man that's craziness so i guess you know you guys are the watch fam you guys have been listening and uh, yeah you know, we've we've seen you on on instagram and through email and stuff and um you know we've been chatting with you we might uh we might give you a shout out so keep listening. yeah 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 <laughs> so so right now i want to do two because the these guys i thought you know really caught my attention this past uh past week or two so the first one is ba watch picks or 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 bad watch picks or badass watch picks i'm not really sure i'm super sorry dude if i'm saying that wrong but correct me he's he's, he's actually a badass He's actually, dude, the guy is actually a badass. So he commented in response to an episode we had done where I had made a comment that I now understand is, um, you know, erroneous. I said that the idea of a diver purchasing a dive watch for their sport was only for novelty. Like, Mm. the idea to me in my brain is that if you're a diver, you have a dive computer. Because for me, someone not in the niche, the general idea is whatever the latest technology is, is the greatest thing you could have if you practice that hobby. So that's right. why you don't see motherfuckers out there on, in Monaco racing in Model Ts. You know what I'm saying? No, that that would be a very slow race. That would be, oh, well, for the, for the one guy. <laughs> for the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the one son of a bitch rocking a Model T, you know what I mean? And then red Baron glasses. <laughs> um, so, and I just thought that was, that was the case. And so BA Watch Picks, uh, he commented and he basically said, you know, no, that's actually, that's actually not the case. Like a good diver, and you actually, Michael, offline, we had a discussion, you made the great point that it's, it's almost one of those double... Uh, like safety redundancy things when you're yeah, in like anything uh, you know whether it's whether it's aviation or motorsports or um, you know diving or space exploration uh, anything where your life could potentially be endangered at any moment yeah, stuff uh, I will and, never do and a timekeeping instrument you know can kind of get you out of a pinch um, especially for diving it's so crucial to um, to safety like there's a lot of timing that you have to do from from what i can understand and just uh you know redundancy is something you're always going to see um, yeah yeah mechanical so, so, or digital so yeah so so ba watch picks he made the point of saying you know contrary to what you might think the dive computer dive computers have uh like a statistical probability to fail to flood to not be reliable when you're down in the water to the depths that he dives at so he explained um for people who may not have seen us going uh, back and forth on the on the, the the show graphic that he dives to depths i think like 130 140 feet um i think he i think he's i i, I don't know if he does it as uh, by deep, trade man. or for yeah no, that, that that's deep as hell i don't yeah. know if he does it for trade or for hobby but he's i think he said i think he said it was a wreck diver Dude, like if, if, I, I'm, if, I, if I'm not careful, I'll like choke on a glass of water. 
So Dude, diving. do you want to know the closest I ever got to diving? Like, like a few years back, I had rushed into my apartment, and it was like an emergency. I needed to go to the bathroom. Like, it was an emergency with a big motherfucking E, all right? And I'm like, oh, dude, I got to go to the bathroom right now. Nothing stands in my way. And so I beelined it to the bathroom, and for some reason, I had left the seat up, like, in the morning. And mm. usually I put it down because ever since I've been living with my, my fiancé, that's just, that's just ingrained nature. But for yeah. some reason on this day, I left the stupid thing up. And so in the, in the heat of the moment, in the passion of really just desiring to like, release my bowels, I didn't realize the fucking seat was up. So I go and I sit down and my whole ass just goes in the fucking like, toilet. Like, I just get, it just goes in the toilet and I hit, I hit that little puddle of water. And I, I bet bit. you didn't, you probably didn't even set your dive bezel. Properly. Dude, I didn't. I had. I had. I didn't have any of my equipment checks in place. I just went in, just, just, just barebacks, dude. And that was the closest I've ever come to actually diving. You know what I mean? <laughs> Falling into my fucking toilet ass first. And I just have to say, that's like what I felt was like primal fear. Like, it's, like, it's oh scary. no, it's yeah. scary because you already, you're already vulnerable with your pants down. Yeah. And now you're stuck in a toilet. My, my parents will never believe this. You know what I mean? Like. How am I gonna tell my family? <coughs> Excuse me, watch family. I'm 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 recovering from from plague right now. <coughs> so so that's the closest I've ever come to diving. So hearing BA Watchpick's uh, 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 experience and just hearing him kind of act as a point of reference was super valuable because he said the equipment like a dive computer, since you can't rely on it, having something. Uh, uh, like a dive watch with a really, really strong rating, like almost like an overkill rating to use as a bottom timer. That's the word he used. Mm. It's just, it can make the difference between, you know, coming back up uh, uh, and then not coming back up. Like it can, it can save someone's life, you know? Right. And I, I just thought that was so valuable not to have someone say that to me because they read it in a book or they read it in like the Omega magazine they give out in the boutiques, but to have someone fucking say it because that's what they do. Like that's what they do as part of their life. They dive. You know, yeah. So BA Watch Picks, huge shout out to you, man. That was super awesome. That was, that was just so informative. And um, you also opened yourself up in the future for me hitting you up just to get point of reference across or ask questions. And that's that's something I'm definitely going to be doing if you're open to it because uh, Michael and I have talked about it. We want to do like, like a dive specific episode in the future, but not one that just focuses on like you know, loom and screw down crowns. Yeah. Like 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 really get into like. What and separates? I'd, I'd dive really watches. like his opinion on the. Uh, eventually, maybe, he can write in or, or whatever. But I, <laughs> I'd like I'd like to hear his opinion on the whole hundred meters thing. Yes! Know? Oh my god! <laughs> so, Dude, that's like, that's I that's will, a, I, that's a shitstorm on the internet, man. I but, want uh, to know if he thinks the Aura sixty five should get wet because the guy, the Aura's rep at Windup, and I'm going to make a point to reference this every episode. Just so everyone knows, when I was at Windup, I was looking at the uh, Aura 65 or, or uh, the Diver 65 because I that watch is a very photogenic watch, and so I'd never seen it in person. So I saw it in person at the show. I think I talked about it in episode five, and just seeing it in person, I was a little let down by some of the design features and how they felt in my hand. But the big thing was the the Aura's rep said. Uh, I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, so, uh, you know, uh, it's rated for 100 meters. Like, like, do you know if people like actually dive with this? And that motherfucker looked me like dead in my, in my soulless eyes. And he goes, oh, I wouldn't get this. I wouldn't get this watch wet. I would never dive with it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> strange, strange. 
because I'm sure there are people that die with it. But. Goddamn plague. Yeah, so, um, and I th- well, well, we talked about this also. I don't want to harp on it too much because it's in the episode. It's in episode five. But we had basically, I think, decided between us that might be his own personal prejudice towards the 100-meter rating infringing yeah. on his job as a goddamn brand rep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, uh, that motherfucker should be like, oh, 100 meters, dude, you could fucking dive into fallopian tubes with 100. You could do, you could fly with 100 meters, but like, oh, I, w- I wouldn't get my watch wet. It's like, fucking, like, what? How, how am I supposed to, you want me to pay you $1,800 for this watch and I can't get it wet? Come on, man. You know? <laughs> Unfucking believable. So yeah, BA Watch Picks, um, really look forward to connecting with you in the future, just getting a lot of real-world experience and just first-hand knowledge just so we know what we're talking about because the last thing I would want to do is continue from a point of reference that was incorrect because then I'm telling wrong things to our listeners who, I mean, are just super cool. So that's the last thing I'd want to do. Um, okay, that's the first shout-out. <coughs> Excuse me. Recovering from plague. Second shout-out is, um, let's say this right, Creole Crocodile, which is a badass name. What up, man? Creole, Cro- Creole Crocodile is awesome. He always talks to us on Instagram. Dude has a really cool feed. Say um, that five times fast. Dude, I can't say that five. I'm, 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 my throat is still ravaged by the, by, by, by the plague I had. So it's a, <laughs> it's a miracle I can even fucking form words right now. But Creole Crocodile is super cool. What I specifically want to call attention to is he uh, direct messaged us, I think, like a few days back or a week ago. I don't know. I can't tell time. And he basically said he listened to our positive negative ad story uh boutique story episode which i think might have been episode seven and he basically said like he had picked up tips from that which he used to recognize red flags in a jewelry store he was at to kind of save himself from getting stuck in a situation where he had to finance or pay for watch that he might not been able to afford or didn't really want and so i thought that was super cool that's just that just makes me feel better knowing that my bad experience that I had at a Panerai uh, uh, AD, the fact that I was able to grow through that and kind of synthesize that into a few kind of steps and red flags to look out for, the fact that I could do that and present it on the show and it helped him out and saved his fucking wallet, that's awesome. So, yeah. Creole cool Crocodile. Too. He's got some, there's a pretty cool photo of him playing a sweet Les Paul. I like that. Yes, <clears throat> that's that's right. As I believe he is a musician. We are all musicians, Creole Crocodile. <laughs> we are all musicians. I, I have a taco strat that I haven't touched in a long time, but I used to love that thing so much. I have <laughs> I have custom shop single coils, custom shop 69 single coils in there, and I have a Steamer Duncan mini humbucker in the bridge position, and I love that thing so much. I don't want to talk. About, I'm not talking about too much because this is not this is not too broke guitarist. <laughs> two two broke two broke music snobs, um, but yeah, check out his feed. Super super cool, Creole Crocodile. You're the man. Keep keep talking to us. Keep hanging out with us. And uh, I'm really happy we were able to help you out of that one. And uh, also, just talking about feeds, do check out BA Watch Picks feed because, like Michael and I were saying, that dude is a diver. He's not a desk diver like Michael and I. Like like we have we have claimed the desk diving life hashtag for a reason because we're desk divers <laughs> yeah that's that's but, also another really <laughs> it's a really cool feed Adidas, yeah he has uh, really cool a, watches yeah, you know there's like a cool there's a cool doxa there oh mm-hmm. it looks like he has an oris 
I think. He yeah. has... Is it is it the Diver 65? Yeah, he's got one. Oh my god, dude, be a watch picks. We have got to have words, man. I would love to know your opinion about that watch. <laughs> it's on there. I, I don't know if it's his, but it is on his feed. I'll so I'll cool. hit him up and I'll uh, I'll ask him. And uh, also, so he puts up really cool pictures uh, of some really awesome dive watches, and he also puts up really really cool pictures of his uh, service dog Cape. I think it's a golden. It looks like a golden retriever. It's a really really cool dog. If if you're into animal pictures, I think yeah. I, I think it's I think it's mad cute. Yeah. I love I love I love when people take pictures like with their animals and their watches. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to BA Watch Picks, Creole Crocodile, I'll tag you guys in the show. You guys keep staying awesome. Um, so we did the audio wrist check. We did the shout outs to the awesome people. Uh, so okay, let's let's transition into talking about Collinsville and the grab and go quartz by giving a shout out to Frank from Collinsville yeah. Watches. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he reached out to us a, a while ago. Um, you know, kind of, uh, he had been listening to the show and we talked about it a bit, <laughs> talked about his, uh, his cojones for actually, you know, listening to, to the way that we talk about watches and, uh, you know, having the guts to send us a couple to, uh, to check out. And, um, yeah. we both got the, the Nautilus models. Uh, you got the blue one, which is now sold out. So good for you, Frank. And, uh, I got the white one. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, and so this is something really important that Michael and I talked about, which I want to talk about a little bit again, Michael. Uh, Frank gave these to us as I guess I guess gifts because he's a fan of the show, he likes the show. So this isn't like I mean, what would you? It's not like a paid like we weren't paid. Yeah. Right. And if it you know, if anyone still has any doubt after spending you know some time with this watch, uh, probably is something I'd I'd spend my own money on. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. Um, Michael and I made it like a weird blood oath pact like many episodes ago to never bring anything up on the show in a positive light that we wouldn't actually purchase as consumers. Like I I would never, never talk about something in a positive light because someone gave it to me for free if I wouldn't have bought it on my own. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I, I think what's really important about this Nautilus is it fills – is that your dog again? Puppy. She's she's barking because there's a cat meowing. Yeah, whose cat whose cat is meowing? I don't know. It's, it my... it's a loud it's a loud cat. Is it my cat? It, no, it's not your cat. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is this is great podcast uh, material. <laughs> she likes a... she likes the Collinsville too. <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. She likes the Collinsville too, man. <laughs> is she good? Yeah, she's fine. That cat's not going to stop meowing, so she's going to have to. <laughs> well, just power through, man. So I think what's really, really cool about the Collinsville is it plays into what we were talking about in episode eight with kind of, you know, collectors opening up their minds to the quartz movement, like really understanding why, if you're an actual authentic watch enthusiast, why you shouldn't auto auto just auto write off the insta the auto write off the quartz watch or the quartz movements. And so, um, I love this Nautilus because it's such a good grab and go quartz. You yeah. know what I mean? And I really yeah. feel like everyone needs one of those. Like I. So I got mine the day before I had to go to Massachusetts and uh, we went to Massachusetts and we got snow and I also caught fucking plague up there. Like this was two weeks ago and I'm still like recovering. 
from uh, whatever the hell, whatever dengue fever I got up, up, uh, up in Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. so when I was traveling and when I was sick and when I was dying, the last thing I needed to worry about was like winding my watch and making sure it was okay and making sure I could take it in the snow and all that stuff. So for me, in my mind, it was like a pretty solid test to see how this watch was going to like fair you know what i mean because i remember before i left i got the watch we had gotten word there's going to be a foot of snow and i'm looking at the watch and i'm like well watch it's time to put you to the test like we're going <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it dude we're going to massachusetts we're gonna hang out in the snow man you yeah. know and um i was i was happy with it you know uh, what 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 is what has your experience been so far because I, I i i i have other thoughts but i want to hear your experience well we talked about this too and um you know, kind of on the subject of a grab-and-go quartz watch, um, which I I think pretty soon I'm going to have at least two or four or seven. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of had like a kind of big meeting yesterday at work, and the last time I had one of those, I was wearing um, the turtle with long sleeves, and it was kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> you know, like the sporting man that I am. Did you have your? Did, were you were you were you full full Lou Ferrigno and were your sleeves rolled all the way up or like no. what was it? No, I, I I should have been wearing a dive mask or something. That, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a snorkel and some flippers. Are they called flippers or fins? I guess we can we can ask uh, BA Watch Picks. But it, it, it was inappropriate, and uh, you know I woke up kind of flustered that morning and. Uh, I just I had to catch the bus and I didn't want to wind anything, so I, um, you know, I picked up the Collinsville and um, it's uh, the, kind of the more time that I've spent with the watch, the more I like it. There are a yeah. lot of little little details that I um, I've come to appreciate, like the spiraling in the center layer of the dial. That's uh, kind of it plays into the Nautilus theme. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you really like the the indices. They're kind of glossy and they they reflect light really well. Yeah, they're fashioned in a way. So the indices, so, so it's Roman numerals except for the uh, the two, four, and the oh no wait the the two, three, and the four and the five and all that stuff like that. It's the twelve, the yeah. six, the three, and the nine. The Roman numerals. The other ones are like are like arrows. And so yeah. it's really cool because they're fabricated in a way where they're kind of rounded. And so as light hits it the light rolls off of those indices different than the other Roman numerals. So it's, it's what it's small little touches like that, because these are also applied indices. It's small little touches like that, which will really catch my attention. Like in addition to the fact that it's a, it's a Sapphire crystal, you know what I mean? And it's, um, I always forget. Is it three, six, one L or three L one six? What is it? Uh, three, one, six L three, one, six L stainless steel. So it's like corrosion resistance and everything like that. And, um, my experience when I first, so it was it was so funny when I first opened the box because it came in this really cool case. It's um, it's like canvas. Is it like a, is it like is it like a little canvas pouch? You think it's a it's a very cool kind of compact, and I, I like these because you can um, if you're traveling and you kind of just you want to carry like a watch on your wrist and something really small like in your suitcase like for another watch. Mm-hmm. Those are those little pouches. They're like they're perfect to use, and he even fits the watch in there with a couple straps. So um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a zip-up pouch. Maybe we can maybe we can get a photo. Uh, he might have one on his site that we can link to. Um, That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, it's really you know? cool. 
it's got a super heavy duty zipper on there, so it's not like a little flimsy thing that's gonna break because um, I've had that happen, you know what I mean? And so um, I, I, I opened the box and I opened the little pouch it came in and the, the, like my first, I don't really have these very often, but my involuntary reaction to first seeing the watch finally in person was just, I just smiled. Like I just smiled, like it, it, it like organically grew across my face like an infection. I'm not used to smiling, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was just very attractive and uh, the reason I think it struck me that it was attractive so much in person and we're going to talk about this I think a little bit more is that Frank, I'm talking directly to you Frank, uh, you really need better pictures on your, on your website man. Well like, the, the watch, you know the watch itself and I told you, I told you about the photos when um, like almost right when I got it. It's a watch yeah. that's kind of after you spend some time with it, you you realize pretty quickly that it's worth way more than the sum of its parts. Yes. And uh, in what it can offer you as like a day-to-day, you know, watch or as like the grab and go quartz piece. And you want to you want to communicate that as best as you can and you know, since since the watch culture and, you know, all things watch fam is so kind of like reliant on on images and like yeah it's 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 visual it's totally visual dude yeah um yeah i'd like to see i'd like to i'd like to see him kind of you know get some get some better photos up there because it's uh, it's it's something he is working on because i did i did address it to him and i know it's something he is working on i'm just bringing it up now in case people check out his feed and they're just like oh like these aren't the best pictures ever like it's something he knows he's working on it and i can tell you right now if you decide to like if you decide to pick up one of his watches before he has like nice pictures up when you see it in person to michael's point you know it's much better uh than the pictures kind of let on and that's something that you know needs to be addressed i think some people also kind of you know i'll mention it because people love loom and Mm -hmm. uh we talked about the loom on the watch briefly yeah and i um i was like man there's not really much uh much glow to this thing and and then i remembered that i live in seattle and uh (laughs) i haven't seen much sun lately you Um, guys don't have sun anymore i I charged it up the other night with uh with the flashlight and it's actually it's it's pretty good it's pretty good it's decent it's it's but you know what's funny it doesn't need to have loom it's about what i'd want for a dress watch you know loom wise right right you know but the fact that it's a dress watch and it has loom is just kind of like an extra feature because I I, I mm-hmm. think I have uh, two watches you would consider as dress watches and they don't have loom. What the hell yeah. do they need loom for? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's definitely um, I like it. I like it a lot more than I thought I was going to, and um, I think it's something. It made me realize something just important. Like everyone needs a grab and go quartz but what i think is specifically cool about the collinsville watch as a grab and go quartz is that if you've been collecting watches for a while and you hear us say you need a grab and go quartz or you might want to think about getting a grab and go quartz and your first thought is i don't want to go and just like pick up a timex expedition or like a citizen whatever you know what i mean you can still get a grab and go quartz but still feel like you're authentically practicing your 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 watch you know uh passion and enthusiasm because collinsville watches it's a micro brand 
and he makes very, very small runs. Now, when I say small runs, I, I don't mean like 100 or 200 pieces. I mean fucking small runs, because I think the Nautilus came in two or three colors, and I think yeah. he made 20 20 pieces for each color so that's I mean, like he's I, done he's done like three or four or like just three for that core model that he had yeah two, right yeah 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 I've, uh, uh, for the uh he's also he's, he's done runs that are in like under 10 under 10 units but yeah. the thing is he doesn't charge a crazy amount so it's not like oh i only made four of these watches and each one of them are four thousand dollars you know what i'm saying <laughs> Good which, which, which yeah yeah right <laughs> which is what you would think so Michael you brought up the core um uh yeah and Frank correct us if we're saying that wrong core K O R E what he's he's it is pronounced core it's <laughs> guys it's pronounced Korea Korea uh, all right dude <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry. Oh, my plague. Yeah, so he, uh, Frank is in the middle right now of a pre-order for the Core 2. And the Core 2 is awesome because if what we've been saying about Collinsville is interesting, but you're still not on the Quartz, you know, boats, I guess, the Core 2 is an open-heart automatic that uses a Miyota 9 series movement, uh, an, an automatic movement. And it's, it's super, it's really, really, really cool, actually. So um, it comes in white, and it comes in like this really cool, almost like a, it's like a Tiffany, almost jewel tone blue. You know I what really I mean? like, I, I love the blue. It's I, was, I have it on, I have it pulled up now. It's, it's very it's really, striking. It also, yeah. it's also fantastic because it comes on, um, I think similar to the brown alligator strap my blue sinister came with. It comes with a strap like that on brown leather. Yeah. And good you know job, I mean? good job not going with the uh, the Tiffany Blue Frank. Uh, we'd hate to see you sued into oblivion. <laughs> so, yeah. Good, good. You dodged a bullet, man. Yeah. I love, I love the blue that's on there. It is super cool. But the thing is, I think for the core twos, I think he only made like twelve, and he's only got three left. And so here's the thing. Okay, uh, Michael, do you have it up? Is it Sapphire? I think it's Sapphire, right? Let me go back to that page. It's got. I, I think it's Sapphire. It must be Sapphire. Because you know what I'm using to browse. Are you using your phone? <laughs> <laughs> because the laptop will explode. The laptop will explode. We're up. We're slowly upgrading our equipment. Watch family, uh, specifically to improve the quality of the show. That's 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 just really it. <laughs> Here's the core two. Mm. Let me open up this blue one because it's just fun to look at. Yeah, and we'll put a you know we'll put a link uh, in the show notes, but we'll also tag uh, Collinsville watches in the actual um, uh, show graphic when it goes up, so people can just click it and then go right to his page and just see what's mm. up. I don't see any specs here. Okay, well. I'm oh, going to say... Yes, yeah? Sapphire. Yes. They okay, hadn't, so, they hadn't loaded yet. Man, okay, so here's the thing. It is, that is, that is, uh, what is it, 316L, 361L? The hell is it? I keep forgetting. I have dyslexia. 316L. 316L uh, stainless steel. It's sapphire crystal. It's an open heart Miyota 9 series movement. Um, I can't remember if it's the 9015 or the other one, but either way, it's, it's one it's of the... It's the same, it's the, it's the 90S5, which is the same, um, just without a date. 
Exactly. Yes. Okay. So uh, it's it's one of the newer, nicer uh, Miyota movements. It's a really, really distinct look, but it's also very classy. You could pre-order it for three hundred ninety-nine dollars. Yep. Like that's Michael. When we when you and I were talking, you use Helios as an example for very similar specs. What is and the I Helios? Love, I love Helios. I love me a good Helios. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we love yeah. Everything that Jason's doing at Helios is awesome. It's just, it's just, to, but they're also different markets. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, and I think he's using those movements on the new Seaforth coming out in about a month or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I think maybe those might start at like six fifty. Yeah. Or maybe 700 shipped in the U.S.? Well, here's the thing. I have... The only time I've seen a micro-brand watch under 400 bucks with the Miyota 9 series is when it's, like, something that they made and, like, they just had, like, excess of or it was scratched and they had to discount it or it was a floor model and it was, yep. like, a demo model. You know what I'm saying? Like, those yeah, are the only times... Yeah, those are the only times I've seen a Miyota 9 series under that much the fact that this thing is pre-ordered new 399 oh my god that's just insane you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying and are those quick change quick change straps as well or are are those not not on this one okay that makes sense he does note that in the description here that makes sense yeah it's just oh my god the more the more we talk about it but it it does well i'm sorry that's that's the stainless steel uh bracelet is not it's not quick release but it does you can also get it on uh, the brown leather quick release strap or like right. the tactical nylon quick release right. that he makes. Right. Yeah. God, that's just crazy. So he only he's only got three left. And honestly, by the time this episode airs, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got none, none left. Mm-hmm. But the yep. reason I'm really harping on it is it's not just that he's a micro brand and that he makes uh, you know low production uh, watches at an affordable price. It's that he's super, super passionate about it. Like he's super, super passionate about the things that he's putting into his watches. He's a big Miyota guy. Him and I talked for a long time, like just on the conscious decision an entrepreneur in a micro brand for watches has to make. And do I want to go Swiss and Etta? Do I want to go Miyota? So on and so forth. He chose Miyota, not just because he's a Miyota fanboy, but because he knew that was the best way to make his watches have the other specs that they needed to have and to make them available for people like us, Michael, and for people who listen to the show and who are actual, like, who don't just buy something because of a brand name. Like they buy something because they're like, yeah, I did my research. I know that's good movement. I know Sapphire Crystal is good. I know this is awesome. Let's do this. Like the edge, the educated consumer, the the fucking mythical educated consumer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Frank's- well, that, that Miyota. If if you are a movement snob, that Miyota, the the nine series. I mean, they can give the twenty eight twenty four a run for its money any day. Yeah, and, 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 that's where it's coming I'm to. I'm not alone in in that opinion. So yeah. um, both both great movements. Um, and I certainly think something like the core and um, the Helios C fourth can probably coexist in the same collection too. Easily. Um, Easily. Even if the movements are are similar or the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, <laughs> kind of seeing this kind of um, thoughtful design and <clears throat> quality and and really good features at that price. That's really cool. It's just, it's 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 crazy. The other thing is Frank. 
because I talked a lot with him, and that's the other thing also, he's super accessible, so if you listen to us, if you're interested, and you check out the page, and you have questions, hit up Frank on Instagram, or email, he will get back to you super quick, and he will tell you everything you needed to know about a question you asked, and things you didn't even know you needed to ask, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. like, he will give you the rundown, because he's not just trying to, like, push product, or sell a watch, he just loves talking about the watches he makes and he's always looking for feedback like a lot yeah. of the conversations we've had are him saying like hey i have these two cad renderings what do you think of this how does this look what do you have what are your opinions of this so on and so forth and it's just it's just genuine conversation and just he's just curious to know what people with the same like watch enthusiasm inclinations that he has like what they think of what he's doing so the other really cool thing is he runs it as if it were like, how do I say it? Like a local, like a local small business. So the other thing is Collinsville Watch Company. It, it, it so it's Frank and he runs it out of Connecticut. He runs it. Out, I think I think the place is called Collinsville, Connecticut. I think or or something like that. But basically, each watch he's making is sort of themed and named and uses as a motif somewhere in Connecticut. But in addition to that. He also rotates charities he donates uh, uh, some of his profits to. So I know right now for this uh, quarter, it is the local volunteer fire department in the town he lives in. I know that's especially special to him because he used to volunteer his time as a, as a vol volunteer uh, uh, firefighter. Yeah. So 10% you know I mean? of all 10% of all proceeds will go to Collinsville Canton Volunteer Fire Department from now until December 24th. That's this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. So he's got this, he's on Instagram, he has this huge reach, but he's still kind of running it with just passion and as if it were like a small like business and a small local business. And I think that's evident in the fact that you get a lot of bang for your buck. You get uh, uh, really cool small production run watches and it goes into, again, the idea of if you don't think you want a grab-and-go quartz because you think that means you have to go to Target and buy a fossil, dude, no. Like, be an educated consumer. Look at micro brands that are doing really cool things like this. If you want to spend under 100 bucks or 100 bucks on a really cool quartz watch that has sapphire and it has a really good look and it's still reliable because it's a grab-and-go quartz, check out something like Collinsville. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's as easy as that, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to I think mean, about it. I guess, I guess maybe a good, and I asked you before, um, like what kind of, what kind of competition do you, do you think, uh, a watch like this might encounter? Cause the other brand we're talking about has a, has a model that I think is, is a pretty good contender. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so, so even though they're different watches, they're sort of in the same price bracket, but I think it also goes to, you know, does someone want to buy something popular or, or something micro-brandy? If someone's not really discerning if it's micro-brand or popular or not, a contender for, like, a dressy watch in that price range would be the Orient Bambino. Yeah. Which is, which is the other brand we're going to talk about for the, the rest of the show because um, the simple fact is this, watch family. Hash, hash, hashtag watch family. I think we all need at least one Orient in our, <laughs> in our collections because it's a fucking amazing brand. It's an amazing mine. brand. You got yours. You got your. Tell the people about yours. Yours, yours is much more. You have a much more incredible story behind yours than mine. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. So my Orient Mako. Oh, I wish I had it. 
I should have taken it out for the episode, but um, it was actually my first mechanical watch. So when I was um, kind of, you know, like you mentioned, we we both play guitar, so it's easy to like get lost in gear forms and stuff like that. So when <laughs> I wanted to get into watches, I'm like, oh, there's got to be like watch forms and stuff too, right? Yes, so, sir. You know, you find the watch you seek threads, and you're inevitably going to end up on the uh, SKX 007 versus <laughs> Orient Mako thread. Like, there's at least maybe 200,000 of those threads <laughs> online. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I spent I spent a few days kind of researching it, and I think, I think it was the blue. I think it was kind of like the – you get sort of a thinner case on the Mako, and um i had a wedding coming up so i was like i need a cool watch for that and uh yeah i bought the blue mako kind of the one of the earlier iterations with the um the pusher for the date uh Mm -hmm. or day rather and you know wore it on my wedding you know honeymoon watch kind of it's been with me for i think uh three years now it probably needs a a servicing soon maybe in another year or so i think but it's man it's such a cool watch and uh i still get lost in that blue Uh, it's like a very (laughs) sort of blue sunburst dial yeah and i i still think and um you know right up there with something like the omega speedmaster i think it's the perfect execution of a 42 millimeter case it's 42 millimeters i didn't know that yeah it wears like it wears like a 40 yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. But it's it's a great watch and uh you know, I'm I'm going to have it I'm going to have it forever. But you know what's interesting? The reason the Orient Mako comes up so much in the, you know, I have 150 bucks, I want to buy my first watch. What am I going to do blah blah blah. I think it's the same thing that people kind of do with Seiko to a certain extent, although some people are obviously more educated now, but they see Orient as those like, just those the the like like the the four most popular Orient models are sort of like almost intro watches. So I wrote it down: it's the Orient Ray, it's the Mako, it's the Bambino, and I actually I added this one: the Orient Flight, which is like um, yeah, it's like the it's like Flieger. a field flieger looking or flieger yeah. you know looking watch. Um, and so the thing is, I think that kind of connotes in people's impressions that that means Orient is kind of denigrated to the intro watch. Like, oh, it can be your first watch, but if you ever spend more than like 200 bucks on an Orient, like you're an asshole or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And that's obviously not the case. Like the, the, the thing that I've learned recently with Orient is that the reason there's a weird misconception here in America is that for some reason, consciously on their end, they have chosen to not educate Americans about their brands. Like they have chosen to not really have the foothold that Seiko is slowly developing in the US with their well, boutiques that are opening up. You even know what before I mean? we get to that, more more on the intro watch. So I guess you'll have an intro watch and you'll have like an end game watch. I guess what Archie would say, like a fuck off watch. Um, <laughs> and you know, what do you look for in that? In-house movement, vertical integration, um, kind of just like, history provenance Mm. and um you know while you may not look into it that much maybe they're not so vocal about it uh orient has all those things and uh you know certainly the movements just alone it's they they make all their movements 
All um, their movements are in-house. Uh, and so we talked about this a little earlier as well. I don't think they market that explicitly either. No. No, dude. <laughs> I found like a scant under 500 blog, like word blog post, which means they probably paid $15 for it. Like I'm in, in like Indonesia, but like I found like a blog post. Yeah. They'd written, I know, they'd written <laughs> about um, the Caliber 469, which is in the Mako, which is in the Orion Mako. But the thing is, from my understanding, and now Watch Family, correct me if I say this wrong, because this is also the other thing. It's really hard to get information. So a lot of this is research that I've had to put together and kind of glean and like sift through bullshit. And so my understanding is that the majority of Mako movements um, up until very, very recently are all based off of one Seiko movement that uh, Orient purchased the rights to in the 70s, and that's the Seiko 7005. Now, that's not to say it's the same exact movement. They took that movement and they used it as the base for all of their different calibers. The majority of the watches. Like, kind of like Venus movements and how they became like Russian movements, maybe? Um, sort of, yeah. You can, you, can, you can use that analogy. I mean, like different events kind of precipitated it, but it's that, it's that same idea, you okay. know? Um, uh, the The... The Poljot 313 was originally based off of a Valju 7733, and so the very early 3133s look more like that. But later ones, they start making different little changes here and there, and eventually it becomes so far removed, it's obviously no longer a Valju 7733. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's cool. that same idea. Like, they took the 7005, and they just modified it. They added things. They did things to it over time, and it's still the same basis for the majority of their movements. And so my understanding is that there are three tiers of uh, Orient models. So there's like the very basic Orients. So that's your Orient Makos, your Rays, your Bambinos, and your Flights, which is Kaz, the majority. Kaz is about to drop some knowledge. Drop some dropping knowledge, dude. No, no clue is, about this. No one is ever impressed with anything I have to say. And <laughs> so those are like the base models are the ones that we hear about here. Then the, the mid-tier kind of like the mid-tier level is the, uh, the Orient Stars. And so I've sort of heard those compared to the uh, Seiko Sarbs, you know what I mean? In terms of like what you would expect. I don't know how congruent that analogy maybe, maybe is. Maybe more like Presage. Maybe more like Seiko Presage. Because mm. I, think, I think they're a little nicer and in a lot of cases a little more expensive than the Sarb. They series. are, but the, they're not as, just using price point, they're not as expensive as Presage. You know what I mean? Well, not like a... Not like an enamel, like chronograph, like limited. <laughs> they're all gone, I see what you're way. saying. I think they are. They are all super gone. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah, you have the the Orient Star. You got the Orient Stars, and now these are super super cool. I think these are where we start seeing some divergence from the Seiko seven zero five seven zero zero five movement iterations. Um, I think I'm not sure that or they really modify them because in the Orient star line you have the retrograde movements Which are super cool. You have uh, a really interesting line of GMT's you have the GMT seeker You also have some really cool Japanese domestic market GMT's which are like finished really beautifully like the uh, They'll have exhibition backs and you can see there's a could the Geneva to the Geneva stripes on the rotor There's really cool uh, 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 kind of it looks like machine machine set per uh, perlage on the uh, bridges, on the bridges that you actually see through the exhibition window, right. and it's really cool hand finishing. But dude, the thing is, you can buy these watches for like four, five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, well under a thousand. Well, incredibly under a thousand bucks. 
Um, you can yeah. find him on LongIslandWatch.com. Shout out to Mark over at Long Island Watch. What's up, man? I'll tag him in the show. Uh, you can find them on Amazon sometimes, but I would be I gotta, more inclined. I gotta tell you, I have to tell you more about Mark and his videos online. <laughs> I had <laughs> pause, pause. I love the YouTube channel, Mark. I don't know if you listen, but the other day I found myself just sitting on the couch with a bottle of wine and watching a Long Island Watch um, YouTube video on my fucking like 60 inch like flat screen, just just hanging out. <laughs> and I was, my my I was, plague. Give me a second. <clears throat> I was just mesmerized. It was so cool. That's a that's a great place to shop. I'm 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 gonna have to buy something from them soon. Dude, they carry a lot of cool Seikos. Um, I I believe they're a Squally distributor. I ran into Mark in person at Windup, and him, hit him. He was, he's just so passionate. We had a super nice conversation. Oh my god! What is that? What is this? What is that? That was a, that was a pop up. I didn't know pop ups still existed. Dude, what, what was it? Or, or what was it popping up from? I think it was from. I have no clue, but it was for dandruff shampoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I don't have dandruff. <laughs> you don't have to convince me, man. It's okay, dude. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the oh my god. Okay. Uh, should I just continue as if nothing happened. Yeah, we'll leave that in there. Okay, awesome. So yeah, I ran into Mark at Wind Up Watch Family, and the dude is super cool. He's just so passionate. And so I was wearing my Polo Jot 3133 at the time, and uh, before we like even had like introductions, I walk by the table and like I'm looking at the the the, the squalus, and he just he just points to my wrist and he goes, "Oh man, is that?" That's one of those pole jots. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's crazy, Alan. Like, he talked about the history that he's had with them and how they're so cool. And, like, you know, I let him play with it and we were talking. And not at any point was just like, oh, yeah, you're wearing a pole jot. You know what you'd really like? One of these squalas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like at one point, that, like, the conversation didn't turn to that. The dude's just passionate. So but I totally do, hear what you're saying. They do carry a lot of Orient, those They guys. do carry a lot of Orient. So that the, the, that's the thing also. If you're looking for a place to purchase orient watches at really good prices because purchasing them direct from orient usa shop or whatever the hell it is it's kind of difficult because you don't get any discounts but they do do a lot of coupons every now and then you just got to keep your eyes out um but if you wanted to look for good all year round deals check out long island watch they have a lot of orients they have those retrogrades up there they have they just got in some new beautiful orient star classics which are domed dials, domed crystals, really, really simple, elegant cases, uh, blue hands, and has a blue power reserve at the 12th, tw mm. uh, the, the 12th spot. Really yeah. fucking fantastic. Okay, nice. got, got, got super distracted. So Orient Star is like the, the mid-tier line, but you just, get, you just get so much fucking bang for your buck. It's, yeah. it's insane. Like, I'm going to pick up one of those uh, GMTs, because I need a GMT watch, Michael, just so you and I can fucking coordinate time zones easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, people people don't know. And if you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to episode nine with uh, Terry uh, over at Toxic Natos. And we were <laughs> each in three different time zones uh, recording a, a podcast with uh, cans and string, pretty much. Cans um, and string, man. How the West was won, dude. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, coordinating coordinating the, the, the recording time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, but it would be a lot more fun if I could stare at my Orient Star uh, Seeker black dial GMT watch while I did it. So, 
So the basic Orient lines, it's like your basic Orients, Makos, Rays, Bambinos, Flights, that's your mid-tier, your Orient stars, that's where your retrogrades are, your GMTs, your classics, really, really cool stuff. And then there's the third tier. That retrograde uh, is really cool. They're gorgeous. They're oh, they're man. absolutely fucking gorgeous. You know what I mean? Um, the, the third tier of Orient watches, which I don't think you can even find in the in the US, are, are, are Royal Orient. So Royal Orient, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, watch fam, is that these are completely hand-assembled in-house movements that have no relation to the Seiko 7005. These are really, really meticulously put together, a lot of hand uh, attention and care put into them. They're beautiful. It's very similar to the Grand Seikos in that it's the pursuit of excellence in like the simplicity of be like the like the, the the simplicity of beauty, like like you know what I mean. Like it's not gonna be like a crazy big bezel or a crazy water resistance. Like it's just a, it's perfect because it was designed to be simple and perfect. And well, and I just I just learned about Royal Orient, um, you know, not too long ago from from you telling me like, can it get to Grand Seiko prices? Like is that no. No. no? Okay. I mean, well, so it depends. You can find uh, Royal Orients online through people selling them out of Japan for under 2000 bucks. So mm -hmm. that is sort of like the price of a Grand Seiko Quartz used. This yeah. is, when I say 2000 I mean new, from what I understand. Because uh, I was telling you, really, I ran into a buddy of mine at my brother. My brother was having a party for his wedding. Um, and I ran into a buddy of mine who I haven't seen in years. And we used to talk... Uh, uh, just all the time and so very recently you know we've been talking like like not like in person you know but about watches because he's a watch guy and i'm a watch guy and it's like awesome and so i ran to him in person and he was fucking wearing he was wearing a royal orient and so i'm like dude what are you like what watch are you wearing and he's like he's like oh it's this royal orient i bought on you know on the internet and i'm like dude what the fuck is a royal orient and so michael this is this is how much of like a bad brother i am in the middle of the party like it's like it's clearly like a big celebration and everyone's happy for my brother me and this other dude walked out to the parking lot and just changed like exchanged watches and just talked to watches while nice. everyone was celebrating my brother's marriage you know i will say that if you google royal orient and i mean if you google like rolex Submariner or like any watch brand and model you'll have the usual blogs kind of pop up you know mm -hmm. covering you know different reviews and models and stuff like that uh, I see nothing for Royal Orient. I see an Archie luxury video called "Low End Shitter Watches," um, <laughs> but no, no, no real coverage or kind of noise from the watch community about you know the, these watches. And I, like I said, I didn't know about it until yesterday. So before I get into it, I handled. This guy's Royal Orient. I handled his Orient, Michael. You catch my drift. Uh, in the parking lot of this, in the dark parking lot behind a hotel. <laughs> a handy. A little, little I handy. Him, I, gave him, I gave him a Royal Handy. That's what, that's what we're going to call it nowadays. I'm going to write that down just so I can put it in the show notes. Uh, I, gave, I gave an old friend a Royal Handy. Royal yeah. Handy. And, dude, that thing was amazing. In terms of wrist presence, it was fantastic. Uh, it felt amazing the bracelet was fantastic and like i asked him like i'm like dude like where the fuck did you hear about this he's like oh he's a lawyer it's like oh one of my buddies i work with he sort of mentioned it offhand because you know i told him i was looking for something different and he said he had sort of heard about this thing called orient 
And so it wasn't even Royal Orient. So he just started looking into it and looking into it. And then he heard about Royal Orient and he saw the prices of Royal Orient. And then he's an educated consumer. He's an educated watch enthusiast. He saw what you get with the Royal Orient for under 2000 bucks. And he's like, holy fuck balls, I need to get on this. Okay. And so after seeing that Royal Orient, that's when I'm like, dude, maybe I should look at Orient. And that's when I started seeing these Orient stars because uh, they're in a price range for a watch I'm kind of looking for right now. You know what I mean? Um, and so to answer your, I guess to address the fact that you haven't heard anything about it is that I, I don't know if Orient doesn't care or what, but they don't care. They don't, they just, they just don't, I don't know what, I don't know how they perceive they're viewed in the States. You know what I'm saying? Well, we talked about this once in a different time, in a different dimension, <laughs> not long ago, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, like Seiko, I don't think Seiko cares very much about how they're perceived. Right. Um, you know, certainly they they're taking steps to uh, have more of a presence in the in the states with with the new boutiques opening up, and um, you know, at least the boutique that I visited, you know, awesome dude there, uh, very helpful, and but I don't think. Um, you know, they necessarily care much about uh, like a strong online presence, and neither does um, neither does Orient. Now Seiko, Seiko has enough user generated like content, especially on social media, mm-hmm. uh, where it doesn't really matter. Like their watches are getting the attention that you know oh, yeah. they they need and deserve. Oh yeah. Uh, I I don't see. Would you th- would you call like an Orient Mako like an Instagram watch? Like how how many do you see? You know what's funny? The only time I ever see the Orient Mako is if someone regrams it from like one of those affordable watch uh, uh, accounts. You know what I so, mean? As popular as it is, like within like the watch community, as like a good starter watch, I think it's mm-hmm. more than just a good starter watch. Like obviously. Uh, I don't think it gets like SKX attention. I don't think it's as universal as something like that. And so here's I, I, just, other, I find I'm it kind of weird. Here's the other thing also, I think, and I don't think this is Orient's fault. I think this is also maybe user perception. Maybe they feel like the market here is lukewarm. And the reason I think that is I think people think Orient's is a lesser brand because and we've made this mistake and i'm going to correct it now i'm going to drop some more fucking knowledge on this michael i'm going to dr- drop a knowledge bomb is that people think orient is owned by seiko you know what i'm saying right which is not the case i learned that recently just in researching for today's episode so the reason people think orient is owned by seiko is that it's because orient is owned by the seiko epson uh corporation So Seiko Epson Corporation is not the same as the Seiko Watch Corp. Seiko Watch Corp owns Seiko. Seiko Epson Corp owns Orient, and they're different. They used to have relations in the past. Some shareholders even have shares. Ooh, relations. Ooh, relations. Mm, Let's say they had biblical, biblical (laughs) relations. Oh, man. And some of the shareholders are still, you know, similar across both brands. So you can make the argument that there might be some influence that way. But the reality is they function as completely different entities. Now, just think of it like this way, Michael. Psychologically, if you know about Seiko and then you hear about Orient and you have it in your mind that Seiko just owns Orient, you're not going to pay attention to Orient. You'll be like, oh, well, why don't I just buy a Seiko? 
I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort. It's it's also it's what. So just going back to guitars, Creole Crocodile. You might appreciate this because I'm not sure if anyone else listening to us knows about guitars, but it's sort of like. Um, why would I spend money on this Epiphone if I could spend a little bit more and just buy this Gibson because all Epiphones are just crappy versions of Gibsons. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which, eh. it's not a direct analogy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like it's that impression that people get when they hear, erroneously, Orient is owned by Seiko. I know? see what you mean. Yeah. I think that's what happens. Now, I don't know if Orient is aware of that's how they're perceived or if they just really don't give up about the US but I know I know they have a very small presence on Instagram and I'm gonna do my best to try and get their attention <laughs> yeah another another thing we we talked about briefly I can walk into any Macy's any JC Penny in the country yeah and I'm gonna find Seiko watches and I'm gonna find citizen watches no matter what yeah any any mall in the country it's not gonna be a problem if if Orion has some form of the Seiko name kind of behind them like how how is that not happening with orient watches i think i really I, think the u.s is just not like an established target market for for orient well because really it's, it's, it's also this it's also the thing of we you know we talked about seiko slowly coming into the u.s how come orient isn't doing that seiko is doing that i think to broaden their reach the reality is seiko could never come to the u.s and seiko would still be fine you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Orient I think, too. I think. I think Orient's in that same boat. I think Orient could never come to the States and they will totally be fine. So yeah. in their minds, they're like, dude, why take the risk? You know? Sure. Or, the thing is, you so so you heard from your local watchmaker there in Seattle that Orients are popular in Spain. And this is something that we've talked about in that we think Orient watches are popular in just other parts of the world and in like Europe. And I think I think I was reading in China maybe. So I don't know. I know we have listeners in Northern Europe. What up, dudes? Um, are, 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 are Orient watches popular there? I mean, for any listeners around the world, wherever you are, whether it's Australia or Malaysia or, or South America or, or even in the States, if you're in the States and you have knowledge of just Orient watches popularity, like hit us up. You know, you, you can just yeah. DM us at, uh, on our Instagram at two rogue watch knobs or email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com and just, just let us know like, Oh yeah, dudes, I travel a lot for work. I'm from Colorado, but I travel a lot for work and I know Orient watches are super fucking map popular in, you know, Rhodesia. Or oh, it's not called Rhodesia anymore. Um, Zimbabwe. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if they are. I don't think they have watches in that country. Um, but like <laughs> that idea, like, because I, the reality is, since Orient has no real presence here outside of goddamn Long Island watches. What up, Mark? It's super hard to get accurate information. So I have to fucking cobble shit together like a Frankenstein monster and hope that it's right. <laughs> You know, you know who I'd love to ask, and uh, I think we've interacted with him a couple times on Instagram. Maybe, maybe nothing uh, too crazy, but uh, his name is Watch Video Review, and I think he has a YouTube channel like Watch Videos Review, same name. Okay. And if you go on that channel, the guy he's always traveling to, I think, uh, Japan or uh, Thailand for just for business and he's oh, al he's always freak he's showing these crazy like seiko releases that no one's ever seen yet um it's it's a pretty cool page and uh and a cool I'm, youtube channel but, i'm gonna tag him what, what, what's what's his name again i'm gonna write it down uh it's watch video review 
all together. Yeah, watch watch video review. Uh, if you're listening, which I hope you are, because we tagged you in it, uh, hit us up. We'll also reach out to you specifically just to get an idea of, you know, are Orient watches popular in Japan? Because the thing is, I also read something that someone said like Orient watches made a choice to not try and market in Japan because Seiko and other Swiss brands sort of had a foothold. You know? Okay. All right. So I don't know if they're popular there, but he might have insight. Oh, I mean, why the hell not? I hit him up. I think we have talked. Uh, yeah, just just came to mind. Um, yeah, no, you know, good stuff. You, you, you mentioned somebody that you know travels a lot, and I'm I I, I go to the I go to his channel all the time because he he just like he posts these crazy like limited releases that you won't even see here. Like wow. they they recently did like the the Seiko Save the Sea special editions, and those are like crazy looking divers, and <laughs> I haven't seen them anywhere else. Um, but you know, yeah, anybody like, like the watchmaker we have here, he's, he's originally from, from Belarus and, um, kind of the first time I walked into the, it's kind of like a little vintage watch shop we have, uh, a few blocks away. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, he, and you know, they had, he had like speed masters there, like a ton of Rolex and stuff. And I was wearing the Orient at the time. He's like, hey, like that, that's a cool Orient. Like those are really like you don't see them here much. Like he was kind of like almost amazed and surprised in a way. <laughs> Cause he's like, he's like, you don't see those here. Like I see them a lot in Spain. Yeah, and that, that's just what he told me. <laughs> like I almost want to go back. Uh, like and you ask were him. A, a fucking alien from Moss Eisley walking into Coruscant. Hey, hey man. Whoa. Yeah. How'd yeah. you get here? <laughs> So yeah, it it might be one of those things where just from a strategic point of view, they haven't um, given much thought into the states and uh, just getting getting more more kind of uh, leverage over here. But who knows? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Also, I'm also going to I'm going to reach out to Orient. I'm going to tag them in this episode. I'm going to DM them on Instagram. I'm going to see if I can't find a contact email. And I mean, just just to get a hold of someone because I know there is an Orient USA account, and I'm going to tag them in this, just to ask them, hey, can we get a hold of a representative? Because we have we have questions, man. We have so many questions, like yeah. as a press outlet, because I think we're technically a press outlet now. I'm not sure. Just like you know, in terms of marketing, like how do you see the U.S.? Where are you popular? Are you sp- specifically just trying to market different models here you mentioned recently that uh, that seiko epson was doing some restructuring within orient so maybe we'll see some changes in the future in terms of like decisions made uh about how to tackle the u.s market but the thing is like they're just if you're a watch collector and you consider yourself an educated consumer and you really believe in a lot of things that we say as broke ass watch snobs and you've never looked at orient look at orient look at it objectively like don't you know, don't take someone's word when they say, oh, they're just shitty Seikos or, oh, they're just, you know, really good starter watches, but then you should upgrade to, like, actually getting, you know, a fucking, like, uh, I don't know, an SKX or eventually end up getting, like, a fucking Rolex or whatever. Like, like don't listen to any of that bullshit. Like, like check them out. Like, it's in-house movements. They do everything all themselves. They're, they're just... And they're just so, they're just the value you get is fucking, it's fucking incredible. You would yeah. think at this point when you have fucking companies like Breitling who are looking to get bought out and other Swiss companies which are suffering, you would think Orient would be like, hey, let's fucking get in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, that's I what Seiko's doing. It's kind of just like, I mean, what kind of marketing do you see for, you know, even, 
even traditional marketing like billboards and and stuff like how often do you even see that for like citizen or seiko here I only mean, during the holidays yeah i'll tell you right now only i keep seeing that goddamn solar chronograph seiko commercial they play on television <laughs> on top uh well yeah i don't have cable so <laughs> well they go. played and i think it was recorded in 1989 and okay. it's just fucking it's just it's the it's they've been it's the same commercial that's it you know what i mean um another what, thing we talked about is that is that watch brands are actually just coming around to um you know the idea of having a, a strong digital presence so yeah. um you know like rolex got their youtube channel like oh, just yeah. a couple of years ago uh, what, uh, uh, uh along in Sona, you said just as well that longa they just got like their actual official instagram like i think maybe <laughs> two months ago or something like that oh so, yeah we want the instagram yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it could, I hope it they could don't just be it, maybe it's not necessarily like a like a japanese watch brand thing it might just also be like a watch industry thing uh maybe the entire industry is kind of still learning and uh but then again you have people like brew watches that like they run like a killer instagram page oh my um, god i love his page so much guys if you've not seen uh brew watches instagram page you have got to check it out because the, yeah. the Oh my God, he's a graphic designer, a photographer by trade, and he makes these cool watches. And just a lot of the marketing material and theming material behind his products are so fucking—they're so clutch. John, you're the man. They're so cool. I, I love my brew watch. You know, yeah. another another good grab and go quartz, and probably something. Um, maybe we'd like to read up on your views after having it for you know for for a while. Yeah. So that yeah, that'll yeah. be cool. Um, but yeah, I orient you know if uh, if anybody if anybody is listening um yeah it would be awesome to connect and kind of learn more about what the strategy is for the brand how yeah. you view the um you know the american markets and um you know is it just is it just one of those things where the brand is not really um investing much into um into the way they market themselves over here because we're not uh, you know kaz and i we're not just meandering here uh, you know, we, especially me as, as like somebody that had an Orient as their first, like cool mechanical watch. Like mm -hmm. I, I really think there's, um, you know, you'll, you'll ask even like big time collectors about like the SKX 007 and, and you can, you can find that watch in a collection next to like a longa data graph. Like you'll find, <laughs> you'll find those collections. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the Orient Mako, especially something like the new um, USA Mako Two, uh, those are so like, fucking cool. We both we both love the white dial version and oh like my God, man, crazy yeah. contrast you get between the the black <laughs> bezel and and the white dial. Yeah, I, I, just just like the SKX, I think that's that's an awesome watch to have in any collection, even if you have like fourteen mil subs. Um, you know, <laughs> you can appreciate the, this the same way the mako twos it's fucking sapphire crystal it's uh in-house movement it's hacking it's hand winding it's also automatic it's under 200 dollars. it's like 170 bucks yeah i just i you're a dumbass if you don't think that's fantastic like yeah. this just it's just you know what i'm saying i just oh man but hold on <coughs> my plague is flaring up but yeah so if you're i know right uh, if you're a listener and and you're 
you're, you're living in another part of the world that's not the US and you have an inkling or if Orion has a presence where you are or if it doesn't have a, have a presence where you are, like let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at Two Broke Watch Knobs. Email us tbws.contact at gmail.com. That's tbws.contact at gmail.com. Email us and just, it doesn't have to be formed. Be like, hey, 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 cockknockers. Yeah, Orion sucks here from Africa. Sweet, dude. Like, that's one more place we can cross off the map. Because I would fucking Wait. love. What's up? Wait a minute. Could, can we can we create some something like a maybe like a digital Blink One Eighty Two cover band called the Cockknockers, the Cockknockers. <laughs> where we do everything on on like Skype? Oh <laughs> with, my we god! We got broken tablets and laptops. <laughs> let me let me write down hashtag Cockknockers. I might um, regret this. I can browse hashtag Cockknockers. Um, Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Oh, we talked about hashtag upskirt. I want to mention that. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to. Um, we're so we talked about the desk diving life. Uh, we also have watches gone wild. We're really trying to get hashtags that um, not only are like cool, quote unquote, but that are really funny and indicative sort of of I think that are really important to Michael and I. So watches gone wild is the hashtag I use anytime. I'm having like a shot of like an exhibition back or if I had the case back off of a watch. And so in addition to that, Michael and I, we want to flood the upskirt hashtag with just watch movements. Yeah, so I'm I'm browsing. <laughs> I'm not doing it from the Tuber Watch Snobs account, so don't worry. But okay. I am browsing the hashtag, uh, the upskirts hashtag. Uh, yeah, that's, okay. that's, it's not a safe hashtag, not safe for work, but Hey, if, uh, if we can kind of flood that hashtag with, with movement shots, that would be awesome. That would, if we could leave our mark on the world in that way for about 35 seconds, hashtag upskirt <laughs> is just full of watch movement shots. I would be so happy. I yeah. would be so happy. It's, uh, <laughs> it gets refreshed, uh, pretty, pretty often, you know? Yeah. We have we have new upskirt shots uh, pretty frequently, so it's it's, it's going to be a challenge, oh, no. uh, watch fam. Oh, I'm really excited to get banned from SoundCloud. I'm get, like, get I'm those get those case back tools out. Get out those the, case uh, back tools out. Box. Get those rubber balls out that people use sometimes in place of like a JAXA tool or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, I we should probably make a disclaimer. Please do not take the case backs off of your screw back case back watches. You will ruin the water resistance, and we will not be responsible for that. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, certainly don't do that unless you're, you can um... use you. The way I the way I picture it, you can use the the watches gone wild hashtag for an exhibition case back. You can. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's perfectly so, acceptable. Yeah, that's totally cool. So yeah. Uh, 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 I would like to get that hashtag more popular. In addition to that, we can do a hashtag for Cockknockers, our Blink-182 MIDI cover band. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, did, uh, you say, did you say MIDI? So it's all going to be MIDI? Yeah, dude, MIDI, man. <laughs> nice. We got to get, get a bunch of like 12 key synths. I'm fucking into it, dude. <laughs> yes, I, I'm just I'm just picturing the the opening riff for for what's my age again, just like on a like a simple like like square wave synthesizer. Yeah, dude. That's gonna, um, be, good. That's gonna be it, man. Screw screw this watch business, man. Let's get into like 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 MIDI covers, you know. <laughs> but if yeah, if you guys can tell, you know, Kaz and I, we we kind of we've both. Um, we've both worked in marketing before and we, you know, we enjoy watching, you know, how, what brands do to, um, kind of reach out to consumers and, yeah. and, um, 
we also we both love Orient, so this is this is something we've been talking about for a while and uh, something we kind of wanted to get on the show and see if uh, anybody else can chime in. Uh, like Kaz said, if you live somewhere else and just Orient is like all that in a bag of chips over there, like let us know. Yeah. Also, Orient USA. If you are, if you Orient USA, if you've made it past upskirt and <laughs> hashtag cockknockers. Yeah. Oh God, don't think they're gonna make it past that. But if you're still listening, um, please reach out to us. I think it's really, really important for your for you guys to understand how your brand is viewed and positioned in this country because it's one of those moments where it's really ripe for people to be super, super excited about Orient. Michael, do you have any idea how much I would have lost my fucking shit if Orient was at wind up? Yeah. I would have lost my That'd fucking cool. mind. That would have been amazing in the same way that like Oris was there. Well, yeah. Oris was there because they are a sponsor. Let's say for some fucking reason Orient uh, sponsored or was a sponsor for for wind up nyc 2016 if orient was there dude they would have killed it because people would have gone to one booth be like oh yeah it uses this you know you know movement blah blah you know thousand dollars okay yeah use this movie you know two thousand dollars okay yeah use this movement it's in-house it's sapphire crystal it's hacking it's hand winding it's two hundred dollars i'm sorry fucking what <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying and really like, when when you what? get into the orient star stuff you're not gonna find that unless you look Yes, the best place you're gonna find it, I'm telling you right now, is Long Island Watch. What up, yeah. Mark? You know what I'm saying? Um, if, and they have really good prices. Like those retrogrades, they are beautiful. They are absolutely beautiful. I'll put, you know, I'll put up some links to some products that I think are really, really cool. Uh, yeah. Orange stars that are super cool. Um, if you were looking to maybe source, and we were talking about this uh, uh, offline also, source maybe some JDM models. You were saying shopping in Japan.net is trustworthy. Um, I've never dealt with them. Uh, okay. There's there's a lot of positive stuff online, um, you know nobody's perfect, so I'm sure you'll find some uh, some negative feedback as well. But um, definitely research it. I've bought watches from from Japan before, um, not through them, but definitely do your research. Uh, it, yeah. It seems it seems though that most people are pretty stoked um, about what they offer in terms of like shipping and customer service and uh just just being a good like authentic seller yeah what i would urge you to do though is honestly just check out long island watches i mean you're gonna get a hold of them much easier they're in long island. i think they're in huntington um actually that, that means nothing to you i'm I, i've been, i lived on long island for years so yeah. they're i think i think they're in i think they're in huntington uh uh I'll have to double check but either way they're all they're actually all in long island like they're not called long island watches they're not like slinging watches from fucking like zimbabwe or some shit like that you know what i'm saying <laughs> so they have a lot of really cool orient stars and they're always updating what they got um yeah and so that's just what i would do i i would love to talk about orient more but the problem is we just don't have the information so that's why we're searching to you watch family you know our listeners if you know anything about orient please just Hit us up, even if it's even if it's a comment in this show, you know what I mean. Hey guys, love the show. Orient's are popular here where I live in whatever country. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to, I'd like to see like if somebody knows like a super like crazy focused Orient collector, where like all oh, they, yeah all they collect is like Orient. Because I mean you know Seiko has those those guys all day. Of course, you know? of course. I mean uh, they'll they'll tell you they collect like every single like variant of the SKX and like the seven double O two like. Um, but yeah, maybe there's like Orient collectors out there like that. If you know somebody like 
I don't know, just like tag them and we'd like to check it out on That's on a, that's a, that's actually super, super fucking intelligent. Yeah, if anyone knows a super hardcore Orient collector or if you know them and they're not on Instagram but they have a website, just send us the link. I would I would love, yeah. I would fucking love to get to know that, uh, that person as a, like a source of information and as a reference. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the only way we can continue the Orient discussion because the Orient discussion needs to fucking continue is if we get information back from you guys. So please hit us up. Let us know what's up. Orient Watch USA, you will, you will super be hearing from me. <laughs> I am going to tag you in this. I'm going to send this to you. I'm going to explain to you what we did in the show, and I'm going to explain to you why it's so important that you know you have a presence, and we're going to have questions, and I really, really hope that there's some sort of representative available. You I think I mean? all this all this Orient talk is um, kind of making me think, uh, maybe rethink our... Um, our giveaway selection. No shit. Did I say that? You did say that. Well, we, <laughs> no, I, we need, we need to, okay. So, okay. No, we need to stick to our guns. We, okay. So spoiler alert, we may or may not, we will be doing a giveaway at a thousand followers. We are currently at, I think we're at just under 800 or just above 800. I'm not sure, uh, uh, right now. Cause I'm using my phone to record this track. Um, but we will be doing a giveaway at a thousand and that's all I'm going to say. Kaz, we lost like 400 followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're, we're no, at seven. We're at we'll never have the giveaway now. <laughs> I'll just keep the damn watch. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's going to be, uh, uh, just going to tease it like that. We're going to have a little bit more info out slowly as soon as we get more, like a better idea of what's going on, but we know it's going to be a giveaway. It's going to be at a thousand followers. And I think it's really, really important to keep doing things like this. Cause Michael, you and I are talking about this offline as well. And I mean, it might sound, it might sound corny, but for people who've been listening to us ever since like episode one and for people like, like BA watch picks and Creole crocodile who feel compelled enough to like comments and like, yeah engage with us like you guys as acknowledge as sounds, our existence acknowledge our existence prove my father wrong you guys <laughs> are basically like our family like it's crazy but i yeah. I've, my michael people have been listening to us and talking with us since we were under like a hundred followers yeah that's fucked up dude that's crazy and so like you guys are actually like family like the show wouldn't exist without you guys and so michael and i talked about it like you know we have the means we can do it let's just do really cool giveaways every now and then and not just like oh you know we found this watch you're giving it away but really really cool stuff so this one coming up at 1000 it's going to be a watch giveaway and it's also going to be something in addition to that that's extra special that's all i'm going to say about cool. the, the giveaway you know what i'm saying but it's it's so yeah it's kind of a way to say thank you to you guys all the time it's kind of a way also to really spread the two broke watch snob like just message you know what i mean like we're giving away and talking about watches that we actually love and would love to win in a giveaway ourselves you know what i'm saying yeah. so oh, yeah. it's it's hell yeah man so it's yeah so thank you to you guys you'll get more information on that as uh as time goes on um we're probably going to hit a thousand followers pretty quick so the information is going to come and then, uh, yeah, I mean, um, let me check my list. We did the wrist check. We talked about Collinsville and the grab and go courts. We talked about Orient. Should we, what was that? 
that was my Collinsville. I was kind of just like admiring it and putting it on my desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 once again, if you live in a country or if you've been to a country or if you're a world traveler and you have an understanding of Orient as a brand and its presence, please contact us. You can hit us up on Instagram at two broke watch knobs. You can uh, uh, email us tbws.contact at gmail.com. Actually, you can even leave a comment in the show on SoundCloud. You can even leave a freaking comment. Uh, I want to make it as easy as I possibly can for you people to engage with us and to let us know. And put, because us, put us on your MySpace top five. Put us on your MySpace top five. It's very important that we are on your MySpace top five. All right? Fuck Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck Tom. Get him out you of know here. what I mean? Oh, my, my fiance just yelled it's top eight, apparently, now. Uh, at some point, you could, like, modify it. People had, like, top 50s. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. got you. But, yeah, no, <laughs> so it, 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 it... I would love to talk about Orient more, so... And we can't do that without more information, so... Watch fam, hit us up. Orient USA, if you have made it this far. <laughs> please, please reach out if I haven't already reached out to you and we already Dude. have it correspondence. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll raise the stakes. If anybody from Orion contacts us, I will eat my sock. <laughs> no, Michael, no! I, what do you I do? Will, <laughs> I will boil a sock and eat it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to stop. You're an adult. You make your own decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know they're going to contact us now, right? Hey, man. I'm going to get a call from like Steve and Orion being like, hey, hey, I don't really want to talk to you guys about our message or whatever. I just want to let you know I am contacting you. Can Mike eat his fucking sock now? <laughs> hey, <Can> you... <laughs> hey, we made connections. We made connections, damn it. It's going to be worth this, it. <laughs> it still counts. Can you guys do like a story segment of Michael uh, fucking uh, boiling his socks and eating them? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for that text from from Kaz because he's three hours ahead. <laughs> so I'm just gonna wake up one morning, like get ready for work, be like, "Hey man, check out this email." Check out this <laughs> email, man. <laughs> You're eating a sock. <laughs> You're eating a sock. Uh, I don't want. You, I don't want you to do it by yourself. Okay, how about you boil the sock, and you cut it in half, and you send half to me, and, and I'll, I'll eat half, and you eat the other. I, I don't want to make you. You Dude, know, you can. You can. You can boil a sock, put some sriracha on it, and it's going to be fine. Michael, it's, if I boil not, a si- Michael, I'm not, why would I fuck up my sock drawer like that? If I boil a single sock, I, and I now have one other sock that's just by itself. What most do I have that, like, my designated masturbation sock? Like, what do I do? I have that, to just throw it away or eat it. I have that, to eat two socks. Be it. You, might, you might like the first sock so much, you, you, you repeat the recipe. <laughs> I, yeah. might, I might acquire a taste for boiled cotton, you know? <laughs> So there's that. But yeah, yeah, seriously, th- Orient, Orient, if you made a past masturbation sock, uh, you know, please, please uh, reach out to <laughs> reach out to us or keep an eye out for my message. There but uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a good place to stop. Watch, fam. We're really depending on you to reach out to us and just kind of give us an idea because I want to do more Orient episodes. Also, keep an eye out for the Orient that I purchase. Um, keep an eye out for the Orient that I own. I'm wearing it more often now. I'm wearing my Orient disc. I've already been throwing pictures up of it uh today uh today we're recording on the the thursday december 22nd so uh pictures have gone up of that and people seem to like that a lot um yeah is that uh that about covers it man i think right yeah thanks for listening guys uh the the dog agrees that it's time to finish dog agrees Um, okay do you want to do this do you want to start the sign off or should i start it (laughs) uh you can you can do it okay all right starting the sign off all right everyone this is kaz 
This is Mike with Two Broke Watch Snobs. Thanks for listening. Later.